We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Close the damn door, man. You're letting all the Wi-Fi out. <laughs> Welcome back to the latest episode of Hold On. I'm almost there, as always, with your host, Uncle Frank, and myself, Tom the Blade. We're starting a new chapter. No, we're starting a whole new book, right? We're starting episode 51. We're starting a whole new novel. We're hoping this novel is going to be just as good as the first one. We're hoping this sequel is going to be better than the first. What do you think, Frank? Absolutely. It always gets better. Nothing but growing 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 here we go that's how the good ones always are right godfather 2 empire strikes back we're going to be one of those where the sequel just tops the original it starts today it's funny thing we're breaking up the monotony a little bit right we've done things a certain way we're going to change it up which is ironic thinking of our subject matter today how mastering the monotony is what takes you from average to good to great to some even legendary but first before we get to that Frank, last week when we met, you talked about what happened the week before. You gave us some updates. You had read into, you had run into this mega star during your travels oh, at work. Goodness. This multimedia yes. mogul. Yes. Do you have anything of of noteworthy comparison? Anything on that status that you'd like to share with us today? Uh, you know what? Actually, I do. So awesome. <clears throat> uh, I drove out to the medical center today. Uh, we we're wishing one of our coworkers. Goodbye. He spent 14 years with the company. He is leaving IT altogether to go out and try something completely different. He's going to become a truck driver. Are you serious? That's awesome. Yes. He just said, you know what? After after COVID, after, you know, going through everything that he's gone through over the last year, he said, you know what? Life's too short. I'm going to I'm going to just jump out as far as I can. And, you know, he he got his his uh, truck driving license. He's he's already set up and everything. Thursday is his last day. And he is just going out there, you know, no strings, no safety net. I'm going to do this. Well, cool for him. I envy that guy, right? That Absolutely. He's doing exactly what we talk about every week. You follow your dreams. Hey, we can't judge people's dreams. You know, everybody's different. If that's what he wants to do, and he's not only, he's got the guts to do it, right? That's yes. what we talk about. And here's a little insight. It's so ironic you bring that when I was young, like we're talking about 10 years old, 11. I was infatuated with these, they race these big rig trucks. Oh, yeah. So here I am. I was in all these honor classes. (laughs) I was always at the top of my class making all these grades. Everybody, my mom and everybody wanted me to be a doctor lawyer. I wanted to race big rig trucks. Wow. No one could convince me otherwise. I had all these models. I had all these books of these drag racing 18 wheelers. There was one that I was like, in fact, it was a black and yellow truck. Nowadays, I forget the name of it. But man, it's so funny because as soon as you brought that guy's dream up, it reminded me when I was young and just all the 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 bad, the, my mom and dad just being so upset that that's what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, looking back, that's probably what I should have done with my life. I'd be better off than I'm doing now, but I'm happy for that guy. Uh, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, and like I said, I envy him because he's doing exactly what he wants to do. And that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I'm trying to get other people to do. Same thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when he said this, you know, I was I was a bit taken aback because yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a hilarious guy. Right. He just wants something different, and he he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. You know, uh, he took classes. He got what he needed. You know, he chipped away at his plan. You know, through right. through everything that was going on last year. He completed it, got his, like I said, he got his license and he's like, you know, I've always wanted to travel the, com- the, the country, you know, here, what's <clears> the best way I get paid to drive and I get to see the open road and it's going to be amazing, you know? Right. Well, cool for him. I mean, honestly, I, I identify a lot with this guy. He, the, what you just described is a lot of the things that I'm going through, right? I had to go get my certification mm-hmm. and go get hired at a different place all because I want to leave what I'm doing now. I got to get away from, you know, the fire department, EMS, the, the, it, it, I don't even want to describe the kind of past 24 <laughs> hours I've had as far as the, the, the craziness I've dealt with, but yeah, kudos to that guy. I'm happy for him and I wish him nothing but the best. So you had that, you, any more updates from this past week for you? Uh, no, I'm, you know, um, so I haven't been able to go running. Uh, so what I did instead is I went swimming. Oh, okay. and so why is that? Why is that? Um, right. so I, I did not want to <clears throat> leave my kids by themselves. Okay. Cause yeah. normally my wife would come home early or, yeah. um, she's had to go in early here lately. And so there by the time know. I'm, I get up, she has to go and, you know, check on her patients and everything like that. So, right. um, I went swimming with the kids instead. You know, I'm I'm oh, I'm okay. in there. I'm doing laps and oh man, yeah. I so thought, uh, sure. is this new to you? The swimming? This is yes. The swimming. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm I want to hear a, this. I'm not a huge swimmer. Um, right. I was like, you know, with all the running, the the most I've run is almost 12 miles. Right. So I'm like, man, the swimming thing should be fairly should be, similar, right? right? You right. know, here I am. I did five laps and my, I started to get cramps in my arms to the right. point where I thought I was going to start sinking. And Swimming I was just like, oh, my a, God, what kicker. It is a beast. Yes. <laughs> so um, I have a goal in mind for the remainder of the month and I will I know I'm going to crush it and I will let everybody know as soon as I get there. It's, it one more what is one more two more shows that we have for the rest of the month i'll let everybody know i know i'm gonna hit my goal for running but as soon as i'm done with the running i think i will pick up swimming because it was seriously a full body workout that is a full body workout right yeah uh, we went on a vacation one time and and when we go we go as a family like i've just like i described in that san francisco trip right mm-hmm. when it was just me, it's me my family which is six my mom and dad back then and my sister her husband and, her, and their daughter so we rent a house, right? Because that works out a lot better for us. We just rent this house and we all stay in it. It comes out a lot. It's a lot more cost effective. And we rent a house. Of course, we rent a house with a with a pool so the kids could swim and everything. So I had this big idea. There wasn't a gym close in L.A. because we're right there by uh, Disney Disneyland in California. And to get to the gym, you know how the traffic is in L.A. I was like, you know, I'm going to just take up too much time. It's going to be just so what I would do. Is I decided we had they had this bar in the back. I'm gonna do some chin ups, do a bunch of push ups. I'm gonna go run. Uh, I think we're about four miles away from Disneyland. I could mm. run to Disneyland, oh, make wow. a lap, come back. You know, it's about eight miles. Get back. There's a pool, like I said, in the back. Jump in that pool, do a bunch of laps. Like this is gonna be this awesome work. I had it all planned out. Right. <laughs> oh. I do. I do. Everything's as planned. I go do that big old lap, going to Disneyland. The one thing I'll never forget about that those morning work. 
the smell of the bakery in Disneyland. You could smell the food oh. as they're starting to cook. Oh my God, so delicious. So I'd run back. <laughs> I ran to that backyard. I jumped in that pool. I'm this bad dude, right? I start swimming, like, I'm going to knock this out. And, you know, my mom, my sister, they were sitting there back there watching me, and I'm going to show off. I'm going to show just how awesome I am. <laughs> <laughs> you get a couple laps in and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> it's like you just yes. start, you start flailing away like like oh my goodness you 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 don't realize just what a toll how taxing Absolutely. swimming yeah. is right it is difficult so yeah one of my goals always was uh that I eventually want to do an ironman um, oh wow but you're talking about you know when I used to run the marathon I only weigh, I got down to 130 pounds because I got really, really lean. Right. And, you know, I put so much effort, so much uh, time into putting on some mass. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to lose all of that yet because I know yeah. that the running, the biking and the swimming, I'm going to lose that, you know, so I'm not yeah. ready. But one day, that's something I've always said. I want to go to Hawaii. I want to line up there. I want to do that thing. One of my clients, he competed uh, about a week ago, two weeks ago. He went and actually competed in the triathlon. You know, not the, you know, it wasn't the, you know, like the Ironman distance. It was small, but he swam out there in that open water off of the coast of Florida. And I asked him, man, just how different is it? And he said, man, you, you just can't compare swimming in the open water against the tide, against the mm-hmm. current. And it is grueling. So, uh. You know, hats off to them guys. And, you, you know, I've watched the Ironman triathlons on TV and you see these older people, right? Oh, yeah. And they're That's out there. a lot of training. But yes. Yeah. And they're doing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, hats off to them. Hats off to you. I know you are going to crush your goal, right? Absolutely. There's the no, yeah. the yeah. greatest thing that, or, or I say the, the one thing that I've noticed in uh, the swimming is that my muscles are fatigued, but I can still breathe. Right. My lungs are not on fire or anything like that. So I attribute that to uh, the the nighttime routine that I have in meditating. And right. thank you so much for giving me that YouTube video. I'll post it in our uh, show notes. But right. I've been doing that probably for the better of two months now. Right. And it's helped my running. It's helped my now swimming. Um, and it's also really helped me fall asleep and stay yeah. even keel at work. Right. Yeah. 100%. It just helps you your whole it just helps you on a daily basis, right? When you really when does. you can sit back and calm down and, and just take things in and not like you said, get so affected. Um I, I recommend it to anybody and there's a, a hundred different videos, right? There's not just one mm-hmm. uh, I do the ten minutes. There's 12 minutes, there's 20 minutes, there's hour long ones, you know? Yeah. And one of the things, you know, people say, I don't have time. One of the best advice I ever heard, people say, I don't have the time. I don't have 10 minutes to do the meditation. And I forgot it was a a motivational speaker said, you know, if you say you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, then you really need 20. Mm -hmm. That's for real. Right. You're that busy. You really need to take the time to meditate. And you you don't need 10, you need 20. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as your updates, I've got an update of my own. All right. Yes. I needed at it last week. Um, right. I didn't want to spill the beans because, you know, I've got some clients and I had just when we talked last week, I had just gotten back from a meeting. Um, and this kind of coincides with everything we've been talking about. As everyone knows, I've got Stay Sharp personal training. I had a facility I was using. It was a good facility. I was uh, had some clients. We were doing a great job. Things fell fell through with that. 
So all of a sudden we had to close up that that location. And I was very, you know, distraught. I was dead like, what am I going to do? You know, like, what am I going to do with my clients? You know, where am I going to take them? What am I going to do with them? And it's like we said, we, we, once you get things going and you just keep that faith. And that was one of the things. And it was very hard that as soon as I got the bad news, I'm like, look, I got to make something good out of this. something good. is going. There's a reason this happened. Right. And I kept saying it. Something good is going to happen. This, this isn't it. It's not going to stop. We're going to keep going. I get to go. Uh, and basically, I had an interview. I had an interview at another location. And it's a it's an awesome location. It's made by personal trainers specifically for personal training. It's just north of the location. Same street, just north of where I was, about five minutes. If you drive like a maniac like me, it's only three minutes. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's like I said. When you start putting these affirmations out there, you start saying it's like the universe conspires it to does. help you. I got there. We talked. Uh, I'm assuming they liked me because they offered me a spot there to take my clients to this place where I can now. I've always said and I've always felt I could give you the training. Right? I could give you some of the best training that you can receive. Now I can actually look at clients in the face and tell them, not only can I give you the best training, I can give you the best facility right and that makes a whole lot of difference when you actually have all the professional equipment i was going out buying it on my own and i actually lost that equipment because the place got closed up locked up and my stuff that was in there is gone right but it wow. doesn't matter now because now i have even better uh equipment a better facility where the kind of things that we see on you know we all like to see these youtube videos of these pros working out these fitness people these crossfit people I can now tell people I've got a place just like that. You come, you work with me, and I'm going to give you that, right? That experience. What you see and that stuff, when you say, man, I want to be, you know, like these people on TV that I see on YouTube, and you get all inspired, you get all motivated, come see me at Stay Sharp Personal Training, and I'm going to give that to you. And I can look you in the face and with integrity and with honesty tell you I'm going to give you the exact same thing. So I'm real excited about it. I didn't want to spill the beans last week because I had clients. My people are the same, right? We get used to a certain routine and some people don't like that change. So I didn't want to say it. They hear it on the, on the podcast. <laughs> hear it out like, in the what? podcast before you, you know it. Yeah. Taken by shock, but no, they're excited about it. That got me even more excited about it. So look, everything is like everything we've been talking about on this podcast is coming true, you know? And it's it's just something we can point to and say, look, all these things we're saying is not BS. Look, this is in action. You're seeing it in real time. These things are happening. And I'm just so excited and I'm happy. And uh, like I said, with you, with your goals, you're going to crush them. Me and my goals, we're going to crush them. And every day we're seeing progress step by step. One way, we're doing better than 1% a day, right? We're doing 10%, 15, Absolutely. 20. Yeah, we're getting up there and getting after That's it. That's right. Yes, that is 100% true. And right. also with you spilling the beans, I want to make sure this episode that you do not forget to tell us this story that you've been talking about. Oh, we will not forget. Oh, my goodness. OK, <laughs> I'm making sure to remind you because I no, want to hear I, I've this got story. it. I know I'm, I'm ready this, to tell it. I, it's, oh, the world my needs goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm ready. I'm ready. But before so we ready. get to that, like we said, no, just to dispel any rumors, I didn't pull a coup. I didn't say some <laughs> overthrow of Frank to take oh, over the show. Goodness. We just decided we were going to just, you know, a little change of pace, see how things going. You know, uh, 
like I said, sometimes it's nice as far as entertainment wise to break up things, give it a little change, give it a little spice. And in reality, though, Frank wasn't going to give me a raise. You know, he wasn't going to up my salary. <laughs> so this was the compromise, right? Give me a little bit more airtime. Get my mother from calling in and filing all the complaints. Now yeah, Frank's mom can call in and say, hey, oh my God. Yep. let my guy yep. talk some more. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no, uh, the reality is Frank's being awesome. He's letting me do some uh, hosting today. Get, you know, get some more experience under my belt. Um because who knows, maybe we'll go back and we don't know what we're going to do, but we just decided today, you know, we'll try something different and hopefully it works out. And and uh, I was looking forward to it all week. I'm looking forward to it because I'm going to go ahead and say, Frank, yes. in two weeks, winter will finally be here. Yeah, we got yeah. a confirmation for Friggins. He's going to join us. We're going to do that season one Game of Thrones spectacular. I want to host it because you're nice enough to let me host because that's my dream show. The Star Wars show is one of my dream shows to ever be on. Ever since I got, you know, hooked up with Game of Thrones, I've always dreamed. Like if I could ever do a podcast, sit down and talk about it, you know, discuss it with some people. And especially talking to you, being a newcomer to the Game of Thrones universe, getting your perspective. No, I, Me and Friggins knowing what's going to happen with these characters in the future. Right. Oh. You only know what's happened with season one. Yes. You know, so to hear you, to hear your thoughts on what's going on, where you think things might go. And then me and Frank can be snickering in the back laughing like this guy doesn't even know. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I'm really I mean, looking forward. Two weeks. We're going to record it. It's going to come out and it's going to coincide with the one year anniversary of the show. Correct. That's right. That's right. So, uh, nothing but good things are happening. Um I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be with you. I'm thankful for it every day that I get the opportunity to join you and nothing but good things are happening. And and I'm glad that every week we can come on. You've got good things to say. I've got good things to say. And the show itself is moving in a positive direction. Absolutely. Always, always in a positive direction, always forward. That's right. So like we said, we broke up the monotony, but today's subject matter is how mastering the monotony is what takes people from being average to good, from good to great. And then when you get really good, where you look forward to the monotony, where you take care of business, attention to detail is really what it's all about, right? We can call it whatever we want to, but it's actually attention to detail. That's what makes the difference between people who win on a consistent basis and to being actually on that championship level, the Tom Brady's of the world, the Tiger Woods, Kobe Bryant, that's what makes those people where it's not about winning, right? It's not about winning a seat. They, the only victories they have, they count their rings, right? Their championships, right? It's not a successful season. They end the season as the champion, right? That's what makes the difference. That's what we do. So Frank, let us know, like, is there any type of routine at your work that you get where you have to say, no, look, I've got to pay attention to the detail. Do you have a routine that you have to follow, you know, every day? I'm sure you do. Being an IT guy, I'm sure there's like checklist you have to go through. Like, what is it? 100%. So every morning um, I have to make sure that all of my notes are in order. So I make a checklist and I have to have my checklist you know, all the tasks that need to be completed, whether it's writing documentation, making sure to follow up on projects that I've got going on. Let me stop you real quick, Frank. That's what you do. You know this better. Is that what everybody does? I mean, if if everybody was doing it, then 
things would be very different everywhere. That's right. Right. Uh, right. And I'm not saying the way that I do things is, you know, the, the best or the greatest, because I still fail sometimes. And and I have to recognize that, yes, that one checkbox that I have that I thought I was supposed to be doing, um, you know, it didn't get checked today. So I have to move it to tomorrow. But right. as long as I get that checkbox checked and I get that information in, you know, projects continue to run smoothly. Projects continue to get updated. And a lot of the times in IT and even just in any project, the, the goal is always to win. But sometimes right. we need to make sure that we document how we won. Right. You know, we, we're always scoring, but hey, was it this particular play? Did you pass Jimmy the ball? Did, you know, was was Quack over there on the side and you handed it to him? He got the three. You know, what does that look like? That's the thing that we've got to learn in, our process. IT. Yes, absolutely. Right. And and even then, understanding that process and being able to pivot while you're in that process, right. breaking away from the straight line is always helpful as long as you know what that line looks like. What Correct. you did in the past doesn't necessarily have to be what you do tomorrow, but as long as you have a set of guidelines to That's help right. you along. Because, you know, as, as everyone knows, whether you're, like I said, whether you're in IT or not, projects change on a dime, you know. Right. Funding could stop. Uh, the vendor could go out of business. The administration folks don't want this product anymore, or someone has found a different product that does the same thing. Right. Uh, there's so many variables, but right. hey, we have this documented. We know what we're looking for. We know that you don't have it, or we know that this other vendor has it. We found it. We're gonna go with them. Right. Where does that process start? How do you pick that? How do you pick that up? And how do you make sure that not only you satisfy the project, but you also satisfy the people that are directly affected by this project? Because there's That's so right. many ripples from That's from right. these projects, and the the first part of the ripple could be you working on this project. That's so right. many so many waves that that fall out of that that you can't even see that it right. affects yeah right and, and and but you have to have a process in, in going back and almost investigating right where you you like you said you document what exactly happened you have to always be reviewing yourself right and you have to have a way even though every project every day is different you have a a basic outline of how you're going to handle things so that you can document these things so you can observe these things so you can actually see the changes and 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 find out what's going on you have a, a basic outline of how you do things right absolutely my my order of operations right. like right. pemdas there you go right <laughs> and, and and it's like it's one of my favorite sayings how we do how we do how we do one thing is how we do everything right you find a way this this one way we're, and then we apply it we apply it to everything now it's not always going to work the same way but how you do anything when you're successful how you do it is how we do everything and once you have that routine right and you stick to it and you never deviate you go through that routine so that you don't miss a thing right you you it's a pain attention to de detail it's going through the monotonous tasks that average people, a lot of times they get lazy. They won't do it. 
It's something that I have to deal with on a daily basis. I'm at a fire station. It's not that busy. In fact, you know, people joke with me because it's the least busiest station. It's very easy for me to show up. And for the guy that I relieve him, tell me, you know what? We didn't do anything. We didn't use anything. It's all there. Okay. Well, lazy people, people who are not on a higher level, people who are not quite at a what I would call a professional level, it's easy to take that word for it, right? Because we want to, we don't feel like actually going through that process. But no, when you want to go from an average person to uh, uh, from good to great to excellent, no, I sit there, I go, I turn first, the very first thing you have to do, crank it up. I got to make sure that medic unit's going to start, right? Because when that alarm goes off and I got to go to that, do the, the call and get, get to the location, nothing matters if the unit doesn't start. And being in the city of Houston and, and the way they pay for things, there's no guarantee that the units yeah. are always going to start. I've got to start it. Got to check the radios. I got to make sure that the radios, the batteries are all good. I've got to make sure all the fluid levels are good. I've got to make sure we have the simple things as gloves and not just the gloves. I've got to make sure I've got to pay attention to detail that it's the right size because <laughs> when it comes down to it, me and my partner, we have certain preferences of how we like our gloves to fit. You know, you got all the different sizes because when you're trying to start an IB, you're trying to do work. Some people like them tight. Some people like them loose. I know how my partner likes his. I know how I like mine. I got to make sure we have them there because nothing's worse than when you get there and you're like, you got the wrong size gloves, right? It's like if you have on underwear that's too tight, you don't, you know, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Got to make sure we got that. Got to make sure I have all the oxygen. I've got to make sure the stretcher's in order. I've got to make sure I've got all the back. I go through it. I don't care if they tell me, look, we didn't make a call. We didn't use anything. It's been sitting there. I don't care if I was there the day before. Maybe somebody came in the middle of the night and stole the bat. I don't know. But being a professional, attention to detail, going through those monotonous tasks. Because God forbid, if I show up on scene and I didn't check to make sure it's simple, as simple as a glucometer, if I go to a diabetic's house and I can't check his sugar to find out if that's the problem, right? It could be anything, it could be stuff, whatever it is. If I didn't go through the little monotonous things that I need to do, instead of taking somebody's word for it and being lazy and deciding, you know what, I don't need to go through my checklist. How I do everything isn't how, how I do anything isn't how I do everything. No, I go through, I make sure everything, because you can't take anybody's word for it. I'm not saying that the people in front of me are, you know, are not trustworthy. It's just for me, for my peace of mind. And as a professional, I go through my checklist every single time. And that's what people who want to go from good to great to excellent, they have to do. It's always mastering the monotonous tasks that take you to the next level. The people like the Tom Brady's. I mentioned before I watched a Facebook special about Tom Brady and he was practicing in the offseason. And he had his... Uh, receiver Kylie and I, I, I promised myself I was going to look up his name and I did it. They're running routes and they've been out there all day. It was hot. It was the middle of summer and he's got his receiver out there running, you know, 100% sprints going down there to catch the ball. The guy finally got tired. Tom Brady yelled at him. Hey, you're not running hard enough. He said, Hey man, I've been out here all day running these routes. I'm tired. You go run. Tom Brady said, Hey, what are you going to do when it's a Super Bowl? It's the fourth quarter and the other guy's tired. You're tired. You're just going to stop. You're just going to quit. That, you know, and of course that really aggravated him. 
So he goes out there, and this happened to be that same year where uh, here in Houston, Texas, as a matter of fact, where New England came back against Atlanta and came all the way from behind from like 100 points down and beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. And it's things like that. That's what makes the difference between good, great, and winners. And people like Tom and the Patriots, from winners to legendary, right? It's the little things like that, the the attention to the monotonous details that most people just take for granted. You know, they don't want to go through, they don't want to go through the effort, but the people that are on excellent level, they understand and they look forward to, if I pay attention to these monotonous details and I take care of them and I'm always on top of them, I'm going to be successful. Well, we when, always, you, uh, when, you, when you talk about that too, it's, it's challenging yourself to make sure that the the finer details that you're paying attention to a lot of the times no one cares about that's right because they assume right that's right you when especially when you test yourself and i found this over the last couple of years for myself that uh whenever i didn't feel like I was being recognized or I felt like the work that I was doing was going unnoticed. I said to my, you know, and, and I spoke to a couple of friends about it too. And the advice that I got was crazy. Just, it was great advice. But then when I found out where it came from, it just blew my mind. So the advice was instead of continuously trying to change other people's minds, change your mind first. Right. Change, change what it is about you so that people are or, or that you're not trying to impress others. Impress yourself. Right. Impress yourself with the work that you're putting in. And, right. that, you know, I, I thought I was doing that. I was I was impressed with my work. But my <laughs> unfortunately, the impressions that I had of myself were subpar. You know, I thought I was doing great, but in reality, I was doing the bare minimum. So when I started challenging myself, that was one of the first things I looked at was what are these little <clears throat> these little details that I could correct, like following up. Following up seems so basic. You you start a task or you start a project, the making sure that everyone that is involved in the project, hey, by the way, I'm working on this. I'm waiting for this particular piece of information or this piece of hardware to come in or this software to be delivered. I'm letting you know. It's been three days. I'm following up with you to let you know where we're at on this. Right. Just in case you get hit in the hallway by someone that you report to and you don't have an answer for them. I'm I'm giving you this. I want to make sure that everyone is in the know. And those little things are very hard. You know, just like you're you, whenever you uh, check up from the next person taking over your truck, you know, do you have a list to say, hey, these are the things that I checked. This was the time that I checked them at. You're more than welcome to check them yourself, but I've done this already for you. And hopefully they go back and check like the way you do. Hey, I got my gloves. I got, you know, syringes. I've got this. I've got that. Right. I've got, you know, the what are those power packs that you use to, you know, jolt somebody and make sure that's charged. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, just those the simplest tasks that right. we take for granted are the things that also take you from 
from good to great. That's right. That's right. Um, you talk about going through that. Thing. The one thing that I always keep in mind, uh, like we said, you know, we've talked about it before and people, a lot of people don't understand my dis- dissatisfaction with the fire department. And it got to a point where I no longer, when I show up on a scene, when I walk into a location, when I walk into a, anywhere I go to, I no longer, the way that I challenge myself and the way that I keep uh, any kind of sanity or I keep my level at a professional level, I don't do it for, we have the name Houston Fire Department on our back. I don't go in representing the Houston Fire Department. I go for the name on the front, which is my name, my family's name my father, my grandfather, I'm representing them. I'm holding that at a high standard. Not enough people in the fire department hold that name on the back. So I, 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 I can't affiliate myself with them. I have to be better. I have to be higher. So the way I do that is I play for the name on the front. When I walk in that door, that's the first thing you're going to see when I walk into your house to help you, to treat you. When you need help, the first name you're going to see is my name, Mungia. When it walks in, I mentioned it in one of the motivational Mondays. Uh, my grandfather one time, you know, I was big into Little League. I played the ball. Of course, you know, having a name like Mungia and you see it written on the, it's hard to pronounce it, right? It's hard to know how to say the name when you first see it. So it was always, I've heard it a million different ways, right? <laughs> I've, I've heard it all kinds of ways. You name it, I've heard it, right? Well, one time my grandfather, he told me, and I mentioned this in the motivation. Don't you get tired of hearing people say your name wrong? And you know, I'm a kid. You know, you got pride and, and, and it bothers you, right? Because the other kids make fun of you. To this day, people make fun of me because if people can't say my name, whatever. It doesn't bother me anymore. But, you know, my grandfather said that. And I was like, yeah, you know, it does. And he told me, he said, well, you know, you know how you fix that, right? And I was like, no, this is the same grandfather that told me to go use the elbow grease, right? Yeah. He said, uh, <laughs> He said, well, you got to do things so great that people hear your name so much, they never mispronounce it again. And, you know, as a kid, I was like, okay, you know, whatever. You know, you say you're going to do it, right? You're just a kid. But I never forgot that he told me that and that I said I was going to do it. So now these memories, all these things that I used to say, that I was gonna, now I really take that to heart, right? <laughs> That's why I bust my butt. So I can't give anything to my grandfather. My grandfather's passed. I can't do anything for my father. My father's passed. So the only thing I can do is, is a gift for them, right, is to do these things, to really bust my butt so that I hope one day people will have to say my name so much. People will identify with my name so much. So as kind of as a tribute to my family, as a tribute to my dad, people will say Mongia correctly when they see it because they're going to know that name and it's going to stand for something. So <laughs> I take that very seriously. As far as working with the fire department, anything I do, I want people to know that when they see that name, they're thinking about excellence. I think somebody who takes pride in what he does, that he's coming to give you the best, whether it's training, whether I'm coming to save your life, whether I'm writing something, whether I'm doing some motivation, something, whatever it is that you're expecting a certain level of professionalism. And that's the way for me that I try to pay tribute to my father, my grandfather, my family. Because that's that's really all I can do. You know, I can't build them a statue, right? I can't, you know, uh, they're not going to make Mungia Day, you know, in the United States, right? Hey, but hey, not with that attitude. I can I can fix it so people know. If people can see my name and know how to say it correctly because maybe I did something to impact somebody down the road, hey, uh, that would be where I, I would feel enough pride and I would feel happy for what I did for my family. 
Absolutely. You know, and, and you talk about folks that are like that in a sense to where I'm <clears> sure at some point in time, the Lombardi name was probably mispronounced right. left and right. Belichick was probably mispronounced. Right. That's a great one right there. A hundred times over. Right. But those are names that carry weight in, right. you know, pop culture, in motivational culture, in, I mean, just if you're a sports fan, every, you say those names, I mean, you know, Jordan, you know, Tyson, um, those names, you can say them on every continent and everyone knows who that person is, right? right. And I had to throw Tyson in there because I wanted to see that look, yeah face just change a little bit <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's a true statement though people know right it really is yeah mj you see those those initials mm-hmm. they know mm-hmm. yeah the the jump man yeah i all mean right. all that so yes and and you know that's that cliche saying work so hard they can't ignore you that's right and they're working <clears throat> on the uh, on fine-tuning every detail about every little thing that they are working on right right? all the way from how many times they dribble to you know different forms that they take whenever they're about to hit someone talking about mike tyson in the boxing belichick you know hey we're looking at every single detail right down to how much air pressure is in our footballs you know we're looking at all of that to Scrutiny. make sure right yes yes scrutinizing right. absolutely that's a great word for that scrutinizing every detail so that there is nothing to blame but yourself if you didn't win right so so what are these people you know and one of the things they like to do these lazy people these people who we go, you can call them haters whatever you want to call them you know they'll look at people like Brady, they'll look at people like Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, they just say, what is the thing they like to say? Oh, they were just born like that. They were born with that talent. And they never give them the credit for all the hard work they put in, right? So they like to just pass it off. And and the reason they do that is because it excuses themselves from not putting in the work. When they can just say, oh, well, that guy, he's just born like it's just genetics, right? He just came from this good lineage, you know, He, he didn't have to work. They they, you know why they didn't know how hard they were? Because they weren't there at three o'clock in the morning when they got up I was just about to, to say that. Absolutely. They, weren't there we when they were putting see their, the their high points right. and their low points. Right. They didn't that, see them late at night when they were putting in the extra practice, the extra work. Right. They don't see them, you know, at home, you know, uh, being disciplined on their diet. One of the things, because I was really, I'm a, was a huge Tiger Woods fan, and I had this idea for a commercial. I really wanted to make this commercial and I wanted to reach out to somebody. And my idea was it was going to be like in a clubhouse, a golf clubhouse. And you know how they're set up. You know, they've got the little mm-hmm. recline, you know, people. And, and I was going to have these guys just sitting around smoking cigars. And you could see rain hitting this window outside. And there was going to be these guys talking about Tiger Woods. And they were just going to be discussing, well, you know, you know, his dad used to take when he was little. You know, he was born like that. You know, just going through all of these excuses, quote unquote, of why Tiger Woods was so great. He was just born like that. He's just this natural ability. You know, he's just one of those gifted people. And what I was going to have, I was going to have the camera like zooming in to these guys, like coming in closer and closer. But as it goes, it zooms in past them through that window where the rain's beating. And as it kept zooming, you were going to see a figure out in the distance on the range. And you just see like this monotonous swing just going. And as it kept zooming and zooming, you realize it's Tiger Woods practicing, even in the rain. 
he's putting in the hard work. And immediately as the commercial goes, you're going to see, no, it's not what these guys are sitting around talking about. It's what Tiger Woods is out there doing, putting in the time, putting in the effort that these guys don't want to put in. He's doing the things that they don't want to do. That's what makes him great. The monotonous attention, the detail, no matter how great he is, he still puts in the effort. And that's what makes the difference. And I just thought, you know, that would have just been that would just epitomize everything that we're talking about today and everything that Tiger Woods did for Tom Brady's, the Kobe Bryant's and Michael Jordan's. That's what they're about. Absolutely. You know, everyone hears and sees the broadcasts, but nobody right. cares about the ones and zeros. That's right. Because th- those are the the bits and bytes of what's inside of us and what is driving us. And, right. you know, you, you say the, you know, the lazy people, I think they're just people that don't understand because in, in doing that, in the toil, in the darkness, like you talked about from Monday's episode, it takes a certain level of sacrifice. And and for some folks, that sacrifice is not worth being recognized because a lot of people are, are perfectly okay with staying in the shadow or staying behind the scenes, never being recognized because they don't want that. That's not for everyone. Hey, most of the people that are doing that hard work and toiling away and pushing themselves, they're never going to be recognized. They're right, never going to be but recognized. But the, the goal is to be better than they were yesterday, right? right. That's the mentality. Whether right. they're recognized or not is is just something off in the distance. That's it's not right. about that. But right. the the folks that are constantly criticizing are the folks can that that for me at least I I think they they can't understand or grasp that concept. So it's <clears throat> it's alien to them. So why bother? Right. For mm. for everyone that's actually out there trying to do it, it's because they're driven. Right. They're it, right. they have to see if they can test themselves to see if they can be better than they were right. yesterday, you, you as know, opposed it, to just yeah. coasting. Right. It's so funny because I'm dealing with this right now on a, on a daily basis. I got this guy. He just hates me. He hates my guts. Right. <laughs> I've known this guy for so long and for practically a decade, over a decade, he's asked me how he goes about working out, how he goes about it. And I would tell him, and it was always the same answer. And I would always take the time to tell him, to let him know, this is what you do. You got to do this. You got to work. You got to be consistent. It always comes. And I would take the and, I, and finally, one day he asked me, I said, look, dude, I've been telling you for over 10 years, this is what you need to do. Wow. You know what? It's obvious to me. You don't want to do it. Quit asking me. I'm tired of telling you. He, because he, and it's obvious. He wants me to tell him, take this drug. Do this sure. special routine. Eat this magical food. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to hear that it takes a lot of hard work. He doesn't want to hear that it takes years. He doesn't want to hear that it takes time, that it takes all this effort. He just wants that one secret ingredient, right? And he's just, it's, uh, uh, he's just determined that I'm hiding it from him, that I'm hiding the secret. <laughs> There's no <laughs> secret. The secret is always the hard work, right? I, I've been working on some. I've alluded to it with you. I've alluded to it with people that I'm working on this special project. Hashtag CB. I forgot what I was calling. I'm working on, dude. It's the monot. It's it's just monot. I get up before I go to the fire station. I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm getting on my elliptical machine before I go to the fire because I know I have to get this cardio in because I'm working for something and I've got to get there. I've got to be there. 
I get up three o'clock. Do you know how hard it is to get up at three o'clock knowing you're going to be up for 24 hours? You throw on this hoodie. My hold on. I'm almost there. Hoodie, as a matter of fact. Hey, hey. Throw on a weighted vest. Get on that elliptical machine and start doing, taking all these strides over and over. And oh, it's dark. I can't be. I got to be quiet. I got to have my headphones on. I don't want to wake people up. I don't want to wake the dogs up. Because, you know, I, regardless of what a lot of people out there think about me when I'm doing all these things, it's not, I'm not taking away from my family time. My family's not awake at three o'clock, right? They're not awake at one o'clock when I'm working on something. I don't take away from my family to work on the things that I'm doing. That's why it's even harder to get these things done. Because no, I'm not that, I'm not a selfish person like that. I'm doing all these things for them to give them a better, and I'm trying my best not to take away any time. Even when we go on vacation, I'm getting up at three in the morning to go do the things that I want to do before I get back, before they even get up, and then we can enjoy it. But anyway, so I'm there. It's the monotony, and, and, and it's hard. And the only way I can keep myself motivated is because I know I got to get my heart rate to a certain level. So I'm just there. Three o'clock, I'm going boom, 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 boom for an hour. And it's monotony. And it's like a metronome, just clicking, clicking, clicking. Because the one thing I want to, even with my diet, you know, it's not easy to eat these rice cakes every meal, to eat tuna. Every meal to eat just eggs every meal. But it's the thing I know if I pay attention to those details, if I just stay with this monotonous task, if I stay, if I stay on target at the end of the day, whether I'm successful in my project I'm working on or not, I'll know I did everything possible. If there's somebody out there working harder than me, that's fine. I can, I can, I can, I can handle that. If, as long as I know that I did everything that I could do to be, be successful in the goal that I'm re, that I'm going for, I'll be happy. I'll be, I'll be, you know, I, I can't complain. All I can do is all I can do. That's and I'm right. making sure that I'm doing that. And hey, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens. Hopefully next week, I'm not sure. The goal I'm working for happens at the end of this week. So I hope everybody wishes me luck. But hopefully next week when we come on, I'll be able to have an update. I'm not sure. I don't know when they're going to make these announcements or what, when I'm going to find out if I was successful or not. But I know, and it's 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 just a, a, an experience that I'm going through that I can tell you. We're talking about the monotony. It's just a monotonous process that I've been going through day after day, minute after minute. I mean, there's times like I'm just craving to eat something better, something more tasty. But I know, no, I've got to taste, stay on plan, stay on target, stay with this monotonous diet that's just, you know, getting up. I'm going to get up again in the morning. I've been doing two a days, an hour a day. This morning when I was at the fire station, I got back. I got back from a call last night uh, at 1 o'clock, got up at 3.30 so to do cardio at the fire station. So I, before I went to go train these clients at the gym, because I have to make sure I've got to do everything. Like I said, I don't want to leave no stone unturned. I've got to make sure I do everything, pay attention, go through all of my checklists, make sure I get everything done so that at the end of the day, when it all boils down to it, I can honestly look myself in the mirror and say, hey, you did everything you, you could do. You paid attention to every detail. You went through every monotonous task. You didn't miss a thing. And then you just, you know, that's it. See what happens when your friend listens to the show when it comes out on Wednesday. Which friend? Could, whoever it was that you were talking about that always That's wants not my friend. that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's, clear <that> up. <laughs> Let's clear that up right now. He's not All my right. friend. So 
when this guy listens or, or girl, this person, when they listen to the show, you can tell them that the secret recipe is in this show because you have just given the secret recipe to success on this show. And uh, the the secret is work. That's it. You know, uh, I, me and my kids started watching Dragon Ball. I don't know if you're familiar. It's old anime from the 80s. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, the episode that we just watched yesterday was the main character's name is Goku. It's a little kid. And it's about martial arts. Okay. There was a, a an assassin coming to get him that this right. uh, Red Ribbon Army had sent. And he wasn't strong enough to defeat him. And so he was, you know, what do I do? He, uh, fortunately enough, he, the guy didn't kill him. He thought he was dead. He didn't kill him. What do I have to do to get stronger to beat this guy? And there was this tower. It's called Corin Tower. It's miles, miles up in the air, so tall. But at the top of this tower, there is a an old, you know, this old legendary master that if he gives you a drink of water, you will become stronger than anybody ever. And so he says, I must climb this thing. Right. And the guy telling him about the story, no one's no one has climbed this thing in, you know, years and years and years. Maybe one person has ever done it. Right. Everybody's tried, but no one succeed. And he goes, well, why don't they why don't they get up there? He's like, well, the people that take, you know, the people that climb the tower they eat all their food, they eat all their supplies, they run out of energy, and then they just wind up falling. And when you fall off of this tower, you might be, you know, several hundred feet up in there, you fall off of that thing, you're going to die. Right. And so, you know, he had his little bag of food and he climbed. It took him three days to climb this tower. Right. And we, when he got up to the top, he met the, he met Corrin. And Corrin says, you know, he asks him, well, why do you want this water? And he tells him, and the the master Corrin, you know, he could read minds. And he was able to read Goku's mind to say, hey, you know what? I'm not trying to be malicious. I'm not trying to do anything crazy. This kid put in the work. He climbed this tower. Right. If you really want this water, you, you will have this water. But the trick was is that he couldn't just, you know, take the water. So he had basically had to fight this guy um at the end it he he trained for several days without knowing it he was just constantly fighting getting beaten whatever and at the end of the the time that he was up there he became a, a multitude stronger right. because he had climbed this tower and right. he had fought this guy over and over and over and over so you know his his senses were heightened his strength was multiplied right. you know everything about him became stronger and when the guy explained this to him there's nothing special in the water it's the work that you put in right. that that is the secret to everything is putting in the work he right. went back down this assassin guy found out that he didn't actually kill him. So he came back. They fought again. And, you know, the, the little kid, Goku, he he beat him. You right. know, I mean, just hands down, just destroyed the guy. Right. And the guy was baffled. How did this little kid beat me? And when he found out that he had climbed Corrin Tower, he's like, oh, well, if he did it, certainly I can do it. So right. he tried to climb. No, 
couldn't make it. Right. Couldn't do it. He tried cheating the whole thing. What does this sound sound like? What this sounds eerily like my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time. What does this sound like? Do you Rocky. Know? No. Kung Fu Panda. Oh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. It's the exact same story, right? He <laughs> Bo goes through all that effort. He wants to become the dragon warrior. He's going through, he has to figure out a way to get that that scroll, like the dragon scroll. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he goes, he finally gets great enough where he can actually grab that scroll and he looks at it and it's just his reflection. Yeah. So his first thought is, it's just, it's just been a whole BS story this whole time. Yeah. It really means finally he realized no, it was all the work that I had to go through to be able to get that scroll. Absolutely. I'm already the dragon warrior. That's what that scroll was telling me. I am the dragon warrior. And then he goes back and uh, Tylon. Tylon yeah. was the bad guy. Yeah. And he goes back and beats him. And uh, Kadoosh, remember that? Uh -huh. yeah, and I don't know if you remember, I wrote that Motivational Monday episode that we never ended up using because I wanted to play it. I, I don't know oh, if you remember, yeah, I, I played the yeah. part the mm -hmm, that I was going to mm -hmm. use with the flute, you know, with the, everybody was kung fu fighting and all that, but, you know, we don't want to get in trouble with copyright infringement and all that. <laughs> so I've got that unused Motivational Monday talking about Poe and Kung Fu Panda and how that's one of my favorite, and like you said, it was, there was no secrets. No. The secret is there are no secrets because remember his dad had the secret in the ingredient secret soup. ingredient soup yeah and oh he was dying to know what is it? everybody wants to know man this soup is so great you know mm -hmm. well, man, this is the mm -hmm. bomb what are you putting in it what's the secret and he wouldn't tell finally he told poe there's no secret. it's the belief that there's yep, something that special. you're making good right. soup you yep. have to understand that you are special and once you understand that's the secret that's the thing that this guy that hates my guts he doesn't understand most people don't understand. There are no secrets. There's only one secret. Work. And it's hard work. That's, That's it. That's all there is to it. Once yeah, you realize that, things get so much easier once you accept that they're not going to be easy. Right? We keep, we keep wanting the things that we're going to work for to be easy, and it, it makes it seem harder. Once you accept the fact that this is not going to be easy, this is going to be hard, it's going to take work. But once you start putting in that work and things start happening, you see it gets a whole lot easier because you're you're it fighting. Does. You've always you keep fighting that inner conflict, that that hope, that that feeling that man, I'm gonna figure out this trick, right? I'm gonna figure out the trick to make it. Well, no. Once you realize there's no tricks, there's no secret ingredients, there's no special word. You know that it's just wow. good old fashioned. What do we always say? Nothing works like work. And I'll I'll add something to that to this. So. Um, my wife actually started running All because right. she was motivated by the fact that I was getting out there and I would wake up, oh, I got to go run. Just come back to bed. I said, no, I can't. I got to I gotta go run. She's like, well, nobody's forcing you to do it. And I said, yes, I have to do this. something that I have to do. Right. So, And I was telling her, I've noticed more people in my neighborhood running. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if it's just that I've never really paid attention or I'm out more now running myself, but I see five, maybe six people that I've never seen out there. You're starting a phenomenon. I know. I, it made me feel so good. Whether, whether We're going to call it the Frank effect. <laughs> whether it's me or not, but that's great to see that other people are running. That's and, right. You know, 
it's 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 a great feeling and um you know every my wife's schedule kind of goes back to normal starting tomorrow so i'm gonna get up i'm gonna get out there and get my run on that's good that's great that's good to hear and uh, like i said you know i've always encouraged that you know there's nothing like getting out there and doing it and putting in the work putting in the effort and like i said just the feeling of accomplishment right when you're doing something and you feel better about yourself every day there's nothing like that you you, there's no feeling like that and it's a great feeling that's why i've always enjoyed working out you see it in real time your progress your improvement your physique improves yes um it gets so much easier and it's like i tell everybody with the clients you know once you start seeing those improve i always tell people don't don't go in and jump into the deep end of the boat. Take it step by step. And naturally, as you start to see improvements, you're going to want to start increasing your effort. Mm. You're going to really start dialing in your diet because you're seeing improvement. You want to, and like everything else, you want more, right? We get addicted to more. Yeah. We're always addicted to one more. You're going to get like that. So don't, because if you try and you make yourself too, you start a diet that's too strict at first, you're going to get burnt out real quick and, and you're not going to give yourself enough time to see those improvements. And you're going to say, look, this doesn't work. You're just going to say mm-hmm. it doesn't work and give up. Yep. Start small. You start seeing those little improvements. And naturally, as you see those improvements, it'll, well, you know what? If, and, and just like everybody thinks, if one's good, two's better, <laughs> right? And that's what you're going to do, right? Yeah. And you're going to start getting and dialing it in. And, and there's nothing like that feeling in the whole world. And that's what I love to see people, you know, uh, if they get their measurements and they tell me how their waistline has gone down and they're so happy and they're feeling so good or, you know, I have one of my clients when she first came to me, um, she was kind of like a, a, I don't want, almost like a shut in during COVID, right? She was scared to go out. Oh, she couldn't wow. do anything. She mm-hmm. had gotten to the point where she couldn't even do squat down. Like her oh, knees had gotten so goodness. stiff. Everything. She couldn't squat. She could barely, I was like, this is going to be a long-term project. But the thing is that she was really uh, motivated to get back to how she used to be. And I'm telling you, Frank, uh, it was yesterday. Uh, I get my days so, because it's like a whirlwind all the time. She is squatting all the way down. And like, this woman from when she first came in to where she is now is a whole different woman. Um, it's amazing to see. And and it's, uh, and I, I can't take credit because she's the one doing the work. You know, I can point to you which way to go, but then you've got you've to do it. You've got to go. And that's what she's done. And I'm very happy for her and I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad about it. And um, that's one of the things that I enjoy about what I'm doing now. So um, other than that, is there anything else you'd like to talk about as far as, uh, you know, the monotony and dealing with the monotonous and all that stuff? No, I think we knocked that out. And I'm just I'm super stoked that my wife started running. Um um, I should have probably mentioned that in the beginning when you said if when you asked if I had any crazy things going on. Um, it, it's it, it's a phenomenal feeling uh, knowing that she also wants to take better care of herself and and, you know, exercise and stay fit and be fit. Um, you know, I, I want to be fit and I want to make sure that I'm around for a long time for her and for the kids. And, you know, make sure that, you know, I'm 70, 75, 80 years old out there playing golf still or oh. even just having a jog. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, we did a great job. Um, 
we mentioned earlier when we first started this whole talk that, I, you know, and we mentioned it last week, we mentioned it the week before about this, <laughs> this story that I've been holding. I've been keeping it in my back pocket. It's, it's, it's kind of long. You, you want to make sure you want me to start it and, 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 and let it out. Absolutely. Unless <laughs> you think we should hold it until the next show. Keep people coming back. No, Is you know what? Let's go ahead and knock tell? it out of the park right All now. All right. Go let's a little do bit it. Over. We're let's go do over. it. I originally wanted to go with this story uh, back in June because uh, June 17th was actually my 25th anniversary with the fire department. Oh, this wow. story dates back to then. Wow. Plus, I don't know if you remember June <laughs> and you'll see how this all ties in was also gay pride month okay so this story you know it all of this ties in my my anniversary my 25th anniversary gay pride month all of that ties into it so back in uh june of 1996 i joined the fire department i started the fire academy it's a six-month process at the time i wasn't one of these guys that you know grew up like i said i wanted to race truck you know big rig trucks right <laughs> I, I didn't grow up wanting to be this fireman but we i had been married just over a year I had my first kid on the way. I had I was like at this no end job, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. I had partied my way through college, so I ruined that process. I needed to get a job and I needed some insurance, right? I needed to get my life together, get a career. My cousin's the one that talked me to getting into it. I went ahead, I applied, I got in. Um, for me, the fire academy was like a big long party. Going to school, I always had I, I, school was never a problem with me. I'm one of these people that <laughs> we talked about, you know, hard work, Tiger Woods, and, and and it's all. I was one of those people where I could just look at a book, okay, listen to the guy, okay, I'm ready to go, I can take the test. Pat, it was never a problem. I didn't have to study. It was just a big problem. And at that time, it's when one of my buddies that I met in, in the academy got me into working out. So I was all into working out. I'm all into working out, going home with my wife, waiting for this kid to come. You know, life was a part. It was a six month ordeal to go through the fire academy. Got through it, no problem. They tell us we're gonna have to go to paramedic school. There was a lot of, you know, ooh, and the people didn't wanna go because it was supposedly supposed to be difficult, a lot of studying, all that stuff. Um, I didn't, like I said, I, I, would, I didn't go with the intent of being a fireman. I didn't really care. I was gonna do whatever I had to do to get a paycheck. Sure. So, when, so I was like, I didn't know whether I should be upset like everybody else or not, but then they told me, hey, you get paid more as a paramedic. Hey. I'm all for that, you know, yeah. whatever. Like I said, I didn't have a problem again. Went through primary school, no problem, passed everything. For a lot of people, this was a big deal. The guys that were, because what hung over our head is if you didn't pass paramedic school, you were getting fired. Oh. You weren't going, you weren't going to have a job. You were just wow. you know, pack up, go home. That's mm -hmm. because people would have failed and then just gone and been a fireman. Mm. So that was the threat. If you fail, you're going home, you're out, you're done. So this was a very stressful situation for a lot of firemen. Me and my friends, thankfully, we all passed. Once we got to the end of it, that was another six months. Uh, we all graduated. We were ready to go. So we decided, you know what? We need to go party. We need, well, this, this could be our last time together ever because once we passed and once we got, we're going to get assigned to stations and there's four different shifts. There's no guarantee we're going to be on the same shift. There's no guarantee we're ever going to see each other again. So we said, you know what? We need to have one last big blowout. We need to go party somewhere. As I'm sure you're familiar, there was a back then in 96, Tahano was still a thing, Tahano music. Mm -hmm. There was a yep. club. Yep. Back, well, kind of like on your going towards your side of town. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I don't even know if it's still there. Hullabaloo's. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we decided Hullabaloo's was still a thing back then. We said, you know what? Let's go to Hullabaloo's. We'll go party one last time. And some guys, even that the next day after that night, they were going to have to go to the station. 
So we take our wives. It's me and about three other guys and our wives. We all decide we're going to go party. So we go to Hullabaloo's and we're there. And as I've said before on the show, I'm ultra competitive, right? If you cough, I'm going to cough louder. If you sneeze, I got to sneeze louder. No matter what, I got to do more, right? I got to be better. I got to prove I'm better than you at every. I just, it's a sickness and I'm not proud of it, right? <laughs> I'm not proud of it. It's like, a, I wish I could take some type of pill that could get me over it because it, it affects me. It's <laughs> Even to this day, I'm an old man and I'm still trying to outlift these, you know, 20 year olds at the gym. Just what did Frank, uh, what did Tank tell us? that Your ego is not your amigo. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so that's me, right? So we get out there and uh, for people that are not familiar with the Hanum music, it's basically just uh, country music sung in Spanish. Am I right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yep. And it's these Tejano clubs, they'll play some Tejano music. Then they'll play some English country music and they'll play some English dance music, top 40 music. Mm-hmm. So we decide, you know, we're out there, we're feeling good. We've been drinking, you know, and we decide, hey, let's go dance. You know, let's go out there on the dance floor. So I'm like, yeah, man. Well, <laughs> I get out there on the dance floor. I've been drinking. That raises my competitive level even more. So, you know, I always fancy myself and amongst my friends, I'm the best at everything, right? There's nothing I'm not the king of, right? <laughs> and now I'm the king of dancing, right? So we get out there, I'm dancing. I've got to prove I'm the greatest dancer who ever lived. I'm Saturday Night Fever. I'm John Travolta. I'm going to prove I'm going to dominate. I'm going to be like Mufasa from The Lion King, right? I'm going to roar. I'm the man, right? So I'm there. I'm dancing. I'm getting down. I'm just putting on this show. You know, it's, it's obvious. I'm ruling. This is my dance floor. I'm the king, right? So we're dancing and dancing. Um, if there's ever been such a thing as competitive dancing, that's what I'm doing, right? I'm going all out, building up a sweat. There's no. I'm just going to dominate. You know, <laughs> I'm like Michael Jordan, right? I'm just dominating. You know, there's no doubt. People are like bowing right like this guy he's the winner he's the king and i'm just there performing for back of, for lack of a better word i'm performing i'm giving the performance of a lifetime and i'm enjoying it right there's nothing i like more than proving i'm the best finally you know the girls my wife is like you know what i'm getting tired you know let's let's go take a break well no 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 i don't want to think about the, look at me you know i'm the, the best right now i'm doing uh, you know so i'm getting aggravated which like just let's take a break for a little bit. You know, I'm going to sit down and get a, you know, drink or something. So, you know, I'm, now I'm really mad. Okay, whatever, let's go. So we're walking up the dance floor and we get up there and we, we have some stools right there by the, by the rail, right? There's a rail that goes around the dance floor and we're sitting okay. up there. We're, so as I'm sitting there, like I said, I've been drinking and I'm standing there watching the people. And, and of course, I can tell all these other people and the guys are looking at me like, oh, you know, he, he, he couldn't hang anymore, right? It's obvious to me. That's what they're thinking, right? Mm. They're, they're all look. Like, everyone in the club is thinking that about me, that I quit, right? So like, hey. <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm thinking, right? I've been drinking. All these mm-hmm. thoughts are going through. Mm-hmm. I'm getting really angry, right? I'm like, how dare these people, right? They, I proved to you I'm better than you. How can you sit there and look at me from the dance floor Golly. as you dancing? You know, everybody's thinking this. That's what I'm thinking sure. in my head. Sure. So I'm there, and it's been about 30 seconds. We're sitting down. So immediately I tell him, hey, you ready? You, let's, let's go. You know, I, I can't let this go on, right? This is just this preposterous, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, hold on a second. You know, let, me, let me catch my breath. Let me get some drink in here. And the other girls are like, hey, man, calm down. Just wait, right? No, I can't calm down, right? I'm just like there. I'm just, 
I'm getting really agitated. I'm looking everybody in the club is thinking I'm a quitter. You know, I built this huge league like it was the Daytona 500 and I had lapped everybody. Now everybody's catching up and passing me. <laughs> I'm angry, right? It's building like this is like a volcano ready to erupt. And I'm just standing there watching as I'm watching the dance floor. And at this time, they're playing American music, English music, right? So I'm watching, I'm looking, there's like the, all these women dancing on the dance floor and, you know, they're dancing amongst themselves. You know, like that's how it is in clubs, right? These women, they can get together as a group and dance together, right? It's no big deal. So I'm looking and I'm looking around. I see these other women, you know, around the, the, the dance floor along the rail. Like even for me at this hyped emotional state, I can't go and ask these other women to go dance, right? That's just right. too preposterous. Right? Yeah. It's just, that's just totally out of the question. So I know I can't do that. So as I'm watching those other women on the dance floor dancing amongst themselves, and you know, it's no big deal. I'm like, you know what? Why can't a dude go out there and just dance by himself? Right? Just go out there on the dance floor and just start dancing. What, what's wrong with that? Right? They're like, well, they can do it. Why can't I do it? Right? <laughs> it makes perfect sense to me, right? But I'm like, you know what? This, is, this would be too crazy. Those women are gonna think I went up there to dance with them. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just oh, standing around. <laughs> I'm fit to be tied. I don't know what to do. Finally, the answer comes to my head. Look, those women can go out there as a group and dance. I turned to my buddy. He's standing right next to me. I said, hey, man, let's go dance. And he just kind of looked at me. And like, like I'm challenging him now, right? And like he's like, you know what, dude? I'm not going to back down. He said, you know what? Let's go. Oh, so let's go, oh, man. All right. So we go out there to the dance floor. <laughs> These women are dancing together. Me and him can dance together. This is no big deal, right? I'm, I'm not seeing any problem here. So we get out there. We start dancing. I'm catching up, right? I'm back in the Daytona 500. I'm going to catch all these dudes. I'm going to make up the distance that I lost. And I start getting after it again, right? I'm back to reclaim my throne, right? It's like Rocky II. I'm going to win this time, right? I'm coming. I'm building up my momentum. Like I said, they were playing English music. As soon as I start really getting into full throttle, fifth gear, I'm like coming back. I'm making my huge comeback. I'm going to come out triumphant on this thing. They switch music. They go oh. to back to the Tejano music. Mm-hmm. Now, Tejano music, you can't dance it by yourself, right? You got to yeah, have a party. Usually not. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, man, they switched it. I'm just standing there like perplexed. Like, well, what do I do? Right? I'm out here. I don't know what to do. I'm not. I came too far. I didn't come this far. What's one of the things we say? I didn't come this far to come this far, right? I'm not losing. I'm not walking off this dance floor again, beaten, right? I'm not going to let these people laugh at me thinking they they got over on me. (laughs) Immediately, I looked at my buddy as he starts to walk off, and I grabbed him. I grabbed him by the waist. I grabbed him by the hand. (laughs) Dude, he started dancing. What? We take off. Oh we're my goodness! He's okay, okay. I'm whipping him around. We're going around. We're swinging each other. We're getting down, dude. We are the greatest couple of all time. Wow. Going around this dance floor, and like I said, I'm on a mission. If you're in my way, I'm, I'm pushing people out of the way. Right? Just move. We're going at it. We're dancing, <laughs> and he's drunk, so he's like taking this as a challenge. Like I'm trying to embarrass him, but no. I'm out there to give the performance of a lifetime, right? People are stopping what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
as we're dancing, we're making our way around hullabaloo's. We're going around. I mean, I'm dancing, but I've never danced this spectacular in my life. I'm the star of the show. If there was Dancing with the Stars at back then in 19, I'm going to oh, win it. Right? I'm going to get that dancing ball, right? I'm the champ. There's no doubt. People are standing at the rail just looking. Jaws are dropping. They cannot believe how spectacular I am, right? Oh, yeah. They're just amazing. Oh, yeah. They're you amazing. Are fabulous at this People point. People are coming. Yes. Sure. People are coming and rushing to the rail. They're looking. At, <laughs> I felt like, you ever seen Beauty and the Beast? Yes. When Belle and the Beast are just dancing and all the, the everybody's singing and they're raising yep. their hands. All, that's how I felt. At that moment, I was Beauty and the Beast. Oh, my Swinging God. I mean, this is this is my lifetime event. I'm, I've proved beyond it. I'm the greatest dancer who has ever lived. There's no question, right? As I'm really feeling, I'm soaking in the the adulation, the triumph, right, of, of what I've just accomplished. My, my wife, all the girls are just like, what in the world are these things doing, right? As I'm just soaking in this greatness, right? All of a sudden, it'll boom, boom, boom. Somebody's hitting me on my shoulder. I'm like, you know, what's the deal here? And like, I turn, and you know, the music's loud. And somebody's like saying something to me. I, I can't hear, you know, because like I said, I, I, I got Beauty and the Beast playing in my head. I'm like, I'm like I can't, I can't oh, hear right I'm like, yeah. like, what? <laughs> what? And all of a sudden, I hear this guy say, hey, my boss said y'all can't be out here. Oh. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He said, my boss. He said, y'all got to get off the dance floor. So what do you mean y'all got to get off the, who are you talking? We can't dance. He said, yeah, y'all can't be out here dancing together. I said, I can dance with who I want to dance with. What are you talking about? And then I noticed everybody's looking at me. He goes, look, man, don't make me call security. Boss said, you got to get off the dance floor. Oh. I'm like, like, where's your boss at? Right now I'm mad, right? This guy yeah. done ruined my experience. He's ruined everybody else's experience, right? People were enjoying what they're seeing. And he's messing it up for, it's not just for me, Frank. It's for the audience that I had built, right? He's mm -hmm. ruining it for them, right? Their entertainment. They're loving what they're seeing, right? Yep. So now I'm really angry. Let's go find your boss, dude. So let's go. So we go stomping off. But now I realize all those faces in the crowd, they're getting angry. They're not angry. At they're angry at me. Whoa. Right? This is when I realized, no, they weren't enjoying what they were seeing. They were getting really angry. And now it turned from like all this adulation to like in beauty when they had the pitchforks and the torches. Hey. Everybody's screaming at me. Everybody's yelling, calling me all kinds of homophobic names, screaming at me. And I'm like, what is going on, right? Like, what, what's up with it? How can these people actually think I'm gay? Like, what happened here? So we go up there. We're marching up to go see the boss. And we're up there screaming and yelling and, you know, like, hey, you know, you can't tell me who I want to, you know, I'm going to dance with whoever I want to dance with. I got rights, right? We got rights. Yeah. I all of a sudden, Frank, I'm fighting for my gay rights. And I'm not even gay, right? I'm all of a sudden, I went from this guy who's the greatest dancer in the world to this fighter for equal rights, right? Which I'm not even, you know, I was like, <laughs> they don't even really apply to me. But like, look, you're not going to tell me I can't dance with a dude. If I want to dance with a yep. dance with if I want to dance with a bear, if I want to dance with a shark, it doesn't I'm gonna dance with who I want to dance with, especially when I'm drunk, right? So I'm there fighting and screaming, and I've got another buddy. This guy likes to fight no matter what. So he's charging, making his way to the crowd, ready to fight everybody. Everybody's screaming. 
everybody's yelling. They're threatening to bring the cops. Well, then by then our wives come pushing their ways through. Oh, so we're there arguing with these dudes and they're telling us that these, you know, they can't have gay people dancing in the club. Our wives pushing and screaming, grabbing me. My wife's grabbing me, you know, telling me to behave, that we need to leave and all this. So they're looking at our wives. Who are these people? They tell me. I said, that's our wives. Looking at us. You have wives? <laughs> you oh my so I, it's even further confusion. How are these gay dudes coming in here with these wives, right? So it's just nothing but mass confusion. Everybody's screaming. I, they ruined my dance. I didn't get my trophy. You Somebody know, else yeah. got my trophy for the greatest dancer who ever lived. My wives are mad at me. My friends are mad at me. Oh the entire crowd goodness. is mad at me. But I did get to, you know, I for that one instant, I actually felt like I was the greatest dancer who ever lived. I've never told that story to anybody. The best dancer that Hullabaloo <laughs> ever saw, I'm sure. It happened 25 years ago when we graduated from fire school, which so happened to also be Gay Pride Month, which I fought for. I, that there night, you go. I was hey. the biggest hero that ever lived. There you go. <laughs> greatest dancer, greatest hero. It all coincided in the same month, you know, and uh, we celebrated the anniversary last week. But yeah, there you go. That was the story that happened. Uh, I wow. never told that story. Because <laughs> wow. it was so embarrassing, you know, to, to be acting so stupid like that. But, you know, we, I was having a good time. And that, that, that just, when they say keeping it real goes wrong, oh, that's when your competitive streak, yeah. you let it take you to a level that's just beyond sanity, mm. right? That's just like going over the edge. I went over the edge, fell over, but hey, I lived to tell about who knew I would be telling that story on a podcast to the who to the universe. Knew <laughs> nobody. Hey, hey, man. Hopefully you open the doors for some folks to I might you know, do their thing, man. That's right, man. You know, who hopefully you tell somebody you can't dance with yeah, somebody. For real. Yeah. You pay you paid your money. I was to gonna get say I there. didn't hurt anybody. Actually, I did. I all the people I was pushing and shoving as I was dancing oh. around the floor. <laughs> Well, maybe that's couple. why. Maybe that's why they didn't want y'all dance because y'all are being aggressive. <laughs> that's right, aggressive right. dancing. Oh man, <laughs> that's the perfect description. Yes, yeah, aggressive mosh pit over there. Dance. You over here hearing Beauty and the Beast when you're Marilyn Manson and who knows what else, Rage Against the Machine, go. jumping around in there. Yeah, but oh anyway, so that's the story I've been dying to tell. It is, it's one of the things I always laugh when I, I can't watch crazy, Beauty and the Beast now without thinking about that crazy story. I will right? never be able to watch Beauty and the Beast now without seeing you being twirled around and maybe dipped once or twice as you're going through there. Oh, my goodness. Needless wow. to say, we never went back to Hubble's. I don't even know if that's open anymore. I think the building might still be there, but I don't think but, it's yeah. open anymore either. It was a great time. And I'm glad to say I'm still buddies with all of them. Uh, oh, that's awesome. That's still, awesome. Like I said, that was a long time ago. It was a milestone 25 years ago. Wow. And we're still going strong. And uh, But yeah, I was happy to share it. I'm glad I was able to share it here on the show. I hope people enjoyed it. I hope they <laughs> had a little bit of a laugh about it. But anyway, you got anything else to say before we tell everybody good night? There is absolutely nothing I can add that will even come close to that. Uh, You know, keep running after your goals, keep doing what you're doing, and you know, one a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. One percent, right? That's what we always say. That's it. That's right. So everybody, y'all have a great week. Remember, win the day, win the week. Pretty soon you're a winner. Remember that. 
Look forward to next week's motiv- Motivational Monday, and we'll be seeing you soon. Everybody stay sharp. All right. Have a good night. <laughs>